Arizona's news station. Arizona's news station. KTAR News. 92.3 FM. KTAR News. 92.3 FM. Independent thoughts. Independent life. This is Chad Benson. There's still work to do to address the teacher shortage. But a recent study by the Center for American Progress is encouraging. Arizona has experienced the second highest growth in new teachers enrolling in teacher preparation programs. We're actually one of only five states out of 50 seeing an increase in enrollment. And this is news we can all celebrate because the state of our state can only be strong with strong public schools. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, I thought he did an okay job. They just had a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's be real. He had a lot of stuff to talk about that was good. State's going well, going like gangbusters. I get a lot of people who knew I moved here from California ask me all the time, what's it like there? I said, it's amazing. Wouldn't live anywhere else. I love it. I love it. Planted roots here. I'm not going anywhere. I love it big time. And you can see it. I thought he had a. I thought it was it was good. It's a little long for my taste. Just going to throw it out there. Might I say, Gatos look all dressed up like he was going to funeral. He was all in black, looking good though. You know, I was listening, and I think that might have been one of his longest state oh. of the state addresses. And I was thinking, if he had just kept rolling and not given them time to applaud after every other sentence, yeah. we might have been done inside of thirty minutes. It might have been done. Speaking <laughs> of craziness and applauding, I see the president and the first lady at the national championship game tonight in LSU versus Clemson. So lots of applauding going on there. It did seem because it was supposed to be forty minutes, and it took an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was almost like he knew where the applause line was. Oh, yeah. He was, he was, yeah. Uh, Because there was a couple times I thought he could have gone on and then. are you sure? Oh, okay, people almost didn't know. Yeah, they didn't know whether to applaud or not. They were it's like, yeah, that's a pause. Let's, we've got to applaud. Exactly. This one made me laugh though, when he was talking about education and taxes. So let me reiterate what I've said in five prior state of the state speeches and two inaugural addresses, because apparently it bears repeating. <laughs> no new taxes. Not this session, not next session, not here in this chamber, not at the ballot box, not on my watch. I was watching it on the old YouTube there, and not everybody applauded. Like, there was a spatter, there was a good amount, but it wasn't a roar. Because apparently some people are fine with new taxes, as we see with Uber and everything else. It's a fee. Call it what you want. Call it what you want. Crazy, indeed. Pretty good, though, today. And the teacher thing, it's vitally important. I've got young ones. You look around and you talk about the kids and, and you're not only just the kids that are young, because you want to you want to get industry to move in here and they're going to have families and families are going to want to order the schools any good, but also the upper education and keeping people around here. Which I think that is kind of handling itself because we have Arizona State and we've got Great Canyon and we've got we've got you know we got you know out there we've got Arizona and Tucson. I think it'll stay here because the cost of living is so good. But you want to make sure you can lure big industry here. So uh, I thought he did an okay job. Yeah, I thought it, it it sounded pretty good. I mean, I think it was inspiring and it made you feel good about being here yeah it was like absolutely okay, yeah it, we're in a good place absolutely we are absolutely and, and what place. is it you call arizona sometimes the florida of the west we are the florida of the so west. sometimes look, when you got that moniker hanging over you it's kind of nice to look, know let's that, be you know, real all right we are in a great place financially we're strong it looks like even if we have a recession which now 
most economists are saying not here in the next year, year and a half. So uh, all the Democrats are bummed because that was going to be a helper for them against Trump. But even if we do have one, we're not going to have what we had in 2008. The reality is, is we can withstand a little bit of a drawback. We're not going to take that punishing hit that 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 we took before, because think about this. And I try to explain this. You live in California, you live in Southern California, you live near the beach. Your house you bought for a million and a half bucks, the housing market crashes, it's still worth a million three, a million four, and it's going to bounce back. Your house you bought out here for 300000 it falls to a buck fifty. It's a long time in coming to get that thing back, right? Same thing with New York, right? It didn't take them a long time to get it back. We aren't going to have that same thing, and I think we, we're doing it in the right way. And it's going to be interesting moving forward to see how all of this plays out, because we are becoming more purple. Uh, how does the new demographics, the younger generation, uh, is this still going to be a semi-conservative state? I don't think it is. I think it's going to be more of a, well, it's a battleground state for sure. But I thought he did a, a hell of a job here. Talked about the body cams, talked about the investments he's making, and the veterans thing was very interesting as well. So, you know, he's playing with house money uh, across the board. Still a little long for my taste. But you wish they just went there and said, look, everything's going great. So we'll see you next year. <laughs> You're like, that was a great one. Right? Like, that was... Because you look at the great speeches, right? Go look at, like, some of the great speeches of all time. Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Lincoln's speech wasn't like three hours long, right? Like no, in fact, it was short enough that every single person in seventh grade class could memorize could it, stand memorize up it. in in front of the class and repeat it, and you still got out of class. Sometimes time. less is more. That's all. Always I'm less is less more in my book. More. Speaking of that, Cran back from vacation. Did you see the Cran got a new whip? A new one. That's a car. Oh, <laughs> a whip. No, I didn't. What did you get? I got a 2018 Toyota Camry. That's how he oh, rolls. Oh, very cool. That's how he rolls, kids. Nice. So if you're thinking about getting a radio, just know you can afford a new whip like that. Uh, named her Selena. Selena. Yeah. yeah. So you got Speedy and Selena. Yes. Yeah. Goodness. On vacation, new haircut, new whip, new jacket, new life. I don't even know this kid anymore. I don't even know that. Well, welcome back, sir. Welcome back. It's all so much stuff to talk. We're going to talk about the Oscars. You see who was nominated? Not me. I, I, you know what? No, I know Joker was nominated for a bunch of stuff. Eleven, Joker and that's for 11. literally all I know because uh, I don't care. Nineteen seventeen for ten. Uh, that movie kind of came out of left field for me. I didn't even know that was going to be a movie, and all of a sudden I started seeing trailers yeah. going, "What is that?" Yeah, so that it's, was that was nominated for ten. Parasite was nominated for a few. Little that's a Women, foreign language film, right? Uh, Parasite. Yeah, The Irishman was nominated, I think, for ten. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So there was some good stuff, but I just think I watched him last night. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. He mm-hmm. was on twenty. Uh, no, he's on sixty minutes with. He is an interesting character. Everybody knew that, but. It was interesting because they'd ask him, so uh, what do you do for fun? And he's like, I, I, I don't know. I, nobody wants to. I don't, don't want to talk. It's I study psychology for my next role. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. That's what he says. Nobody cares what I do for fun. It was just very interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, you're here for an interview. Talk to me. I think he's going to win, though. Mm. I think he's going to win hands down. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. A lot of stuff to get to, including the Houston Astros, who are a bunch of cheaters. Big time cheaters. Hey, it's baseball. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. Here's your Twitter. It's the Chad Benson Show, Arizona's news station. The Chad Benson Show, where the sensible center hangs out. Hey, you. That doesn't mean you can put your feet up on the table. You're just pickable. This is Chad Benson.
What I am hoping is that the public pressure to have a fair trial will mean that these uh, moderate Republican members of the Senate will insist on hearing from people like John Bolton and Mick Mulvaney and others. That right there is Adam Schiff. Remember him? He is shifty indeed. Uh, Look, I'm all about fair. Right. Like, aren't we all about fair? One hundred and ten percent fair, fair, fair. Sounds great. Here's my issue, Adam Schiff. It didn't feel very fair in the last one. It felt like a big game that was being played, that you were rushing some stuff through. I think it's fair to say you could call it whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, it still feels like it was very political and you were going to ram it through no matter what. And so you can't say, well, we think we want a fair. You had the opportunity to feel a little bit more fair and balanced. And I think you could have gotten to the point where, yeah, you know, uh, it could have felt fair. Let's be real. In the political world that we live in, in this day and age, it don't matter. right? It don't matter none, friends. And I'll tell you why. Because you've made up your mind. Everybody's made up their mind. You either believe he's innocent or you believe he's guilty. You believe he should have been thrown out of office a long time ago. He's the most corrupt individual on the planet Earth. Or you believe that this is all fake news and a bunch of baloney and they've been uh, witch hunting him since, you know, since, the, since the day he was elected, let alone sworn in. The reality is it's here and it's political. And because it's political, we understand what this is all about and we understand where it's going. And the reality is, is we're going to get a Senate trial that will come with a, are you guys ready for this? An acquittal. Oh, Mitch McConnell. They wanted senators to pre-commit ourselves to not only judge the case that House Democrats are actually going to send over, but also to reopen the investigatory stage and maybe supplement Chairman Schiff's slapdash work. Yeah, and that's what it kind of felt like. Look, they're talking about like, well, you know, if we should do like Clinton, right? Well, here Clinton allowed this, Clinton allowed that. You guys don't even want to start with Clinton's rules before any of it was allowed. There was rules voted on before they went and did anything else. You don't even want that. You want guarantees. Remember, you had your opportunity in the House. This is the Senate's turn. They're going to do what they want to do. And I'm good. Let's call witnesses as our friend Susan Collins says. Susan Collins, a Republican senator from Maine, told the Banger News Banger. this week that she wants to hear from witnesses as well. Will that reach a cr- critical mass? A lot will depend on what happens in the arguments in the trial going forward when it finally does start. When's that going to be? Will there be subpoenas? That's a question that people are asking as well. Is that guy going to be subpoenaed? You know what I'm talking about. We are considering uh, whether to subpoena him in the House. Uh, If we're approaching this rationally, though, the senators will be the triers of fact. They should hear from the witness firsthand. And that's why there's no jury. He just said it right there. The triers of fact. Here's the reality of when you hear them say they're jurors, this, that, and the other. The reality is this. They're not juries as we would think. They're looking for truth in a world of politics where people have agendas in both telling the truth and telling lies. So you have to sort that out. You go above and beyond what a normal juror. Let's say you were a juror, I was a juror, we could go, we get, they interview us, decide if we're going to be there, uh, you know, and it depends on how big the case is, how we may be interviewed. Then we sit on the case. Could be X amount of days, right? We're not going to be cross-examining 
any witnesses. We are not going to be fact-finding. We are not going to be doing any of those things. So they're not the juror that we would think they are. They are finders of truth in a political world. That's it. Will they grab Bolton and bring him in? I don't know if they're going to do that. There's a possibility they may ha- that may happen. Here's the thing about getting Bolton, though. Bolton lives in a world of Republicans and conservatives. That's where he thrives. That's where he lives. That's where his bread is buttered and his bacon is made. There are a lot of people in that world who love Trump. Love Trump. Cult of personality, whatever you want to call it. For him to destroy the president, if he does have something, would not fare well for him. At the same time, there's this thing that the Democrats think he has that he may not have at all, but just likes to play the game. So you're dancing with the devil here, as a lot of people think he is anyways. So it's a it's a weird thing, because I think there's some of them that, yeah, bring him in. I think there's other ones going, I feel like we're getting played. And how much can we believe? And in this day and age, too, with how political we are and how tribal we are, does it even matter at this point in time? Because, well... Nobody believes what anybody has to say, and everybody's already made up their mind. So all you can do, the best you can do, is shoot yourself in the foot. The worst you can do is commit political suicide. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Feel free to tweet at us. Love hearing from every single one of you. So tomorrow night, there's a debate. It's going to be interesting. Something that's going on is a battle behind the scenes. When it comes to Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, of which apparently Elizabeth Warren is accusing him of saying behind closed doors in 2018, she's a woman, she can't win. And she's also accusing him of trashing her out in the field. I was disappointed to hear that Bernie is sending his volunteers out to trash me. I don't know if that's true or not. Again, I don't like Bernie's politics. I think he's a pretty decent dude. Uh, but do I think he's doing that? No. I think that, you remember, in, in, in a caucus, it's totally different. So you're sending your people out there to, to you're sending your people out there to campaign in a way that you're not going to do it in, in, in a regular situation. Right? It's crazy. Caucusing is totally different than just the primary where you go and you vote. So do I think that's happening? I think some of it might be. Do I think that Bernie knows that that's happening? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. You would like to think that he's on the ground understanding that. But marching orders are coming from somebody else who's running that campaign out in the field. And they may be saying some stuff. Do I think he sanctions it? No. But he did have this to say about the comments of him telling Elizabeth Warren, eh, you can't win because you're a woman. You have heard me give many speeches. Have I ever said one negative word about Elizabeth Warren? No. But you realize that this is the presidency, and before you can become president, you have to what? You have to become the nominee, and if you're going to become the nominee, you've got to win, and to win, you must go through your opponents before you can become that nominee. So yes, you have to chop down some trees. That is very real. But on stage, no, I've not heard anything. You know, little quib here and there about everybody, but that's expected. Uh, well, do I think he has a chance to get nasty tomorrow night? Possibly. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Feel free to tweet at us. 323-538-2423. That is the text line. You can tweet at us. 
Text the program at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Talk a little Royals. Battle Royals. Chad Benson Show. It's Arizona's news station. The Chad Benson Show. Where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. This is my vision. It is fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> I think it's been totally consistent. But here's what's been consistent. We killed Soleimani, the number one terrorist in the world by every account. Bad person killed a lot of Americans, killed a lot of people. Yes, you did. But the question is, is did you do everything you're supposed to do by the books? Because people are asking the question, hey, you said there was four, four, if I'm correct, embassies that potentially could be in trouble, imminently in trouble. Then you've kind of wandered back and forth from that. People have serious questions. I'm one of those people. Nothing wrong with having questions, by the way. Doesn't make you anti-Trump or pro-Democrat, right? Nothing. You can ask questions. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I think it's okay to ask some questions about this. What I heard from members of the administration in our classified briefing was that the individuals who spoke believed very strongly that there was an imminent threat to our interests and personnel in the region. Uh, as to the specific targets, I didn't hear anything about, uh, about targets. And that's Mitt Romney, who, let's be real, not a biggest fan of Trump. And here's something else. They're bringing this to Trump, right? So if you've got the intelligence agency bringing you something... Do you listen or not listen? How do we roll out with this? How do we, because we, we've got this time when we're supposed to really like the intelligence agencies and we're not supposed to like the intelligence agencies. And if they bring you something, you say we need to act on this. And you find out that's wrong, but you're going with the intelligence agency. It wasn't like Trump was out there doing this. Right? It's not like he knew exactly where it was at that moment in time and said, hey, let's get this thing going here. So, again, there's a lot that goes into this. I saw that he's getting blamed for the, the plane being taken down as well. Canadian CEO blamed him for it. And then you've got, it's just, it's, uh, it's an ugly, horrible situation. We can all agree with this, you know, as far as this situation with the plane and everything. But another opportunity to say, well, this is all Trump's fault. No, it was a horrible mistake by somebody who panicked and did something they shouldn't have done and caused the death of 170 plus people. I'm not going to blame that. You can blame Trump for a lot of things. If you want to, that's totally fine. But at some point in time, this is a, enough, enough. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Feel free to tweet at me. You can text the program as well. Tomorrow night, they will step on into Iowa. They're going to battle it out. That'll be interesting. Cory Booker's out, so it used to be the Oscars were so white. Tomorrow night, it is going to be the Dems debate so white. We'll see how that plays out. Andrew Yang's not going to be there. You'll have the six people, I think. these Are these the final six? Bloomberg may have something to say about it. I still think he's got an outside chance of being a disruptor, but we'll see. But it'll be very interesting tomorrow night to see if, if Sanders and... Uh, Warren get into it. Speaking of getting into it, Jim Crane today spoke. Why? Because his team cheated. His team, the Houston Astros, they fired the manager and general manager. Yeah. 
an ugly situation of cheating going back how many years? I do not know. But they were in the World Series and won in 2017, right? I mean, 2018, 2019. This past year, they lost to the Washington Nationals in seven. Ugly situation for them. Cheating. And not just stealing signs. You know, you got a guy on second base stealing signs. He's seeing something. He's seeing a pitcher tip something. It was much more intricate than that. But he was pissed enough today after being handed a year's suspension for his general manager and manager that he fired them both. With what came out in the report, um, they both had responsibilities, Jeff running the baseball operation and overseeing A.J. and all of those people associated with that. And A.J. on the bench and was aware, if you read the report, it's pretty clear. A.J. uh, didn't endorse it, and neither did Jeff. Neither one of them started this, but neither one of them did anything about it. And that's how, how we came to the conclusion. Yeah, so he fired them both. He was pissed and upset, and he has every right to be. People are questioning, hey, well, should they go back, and should they take away your World Series and all of these things? No, you're not going to do that. And look, if I came to you today, whatever, this is the Cardinals, right? I came to you and I said, Cardinals are going to win a Super Bowl in the next two years, but there will be controversy over some scouting, some video taken, certain things like that, and your coach will eventually be ousted, Kime will be gone, but during that time you'll go to, you know, the you're going to go to the playoff, NFC playoffs a couple times, you'll make it to the, the conference finals and win a Super Bowl. Most people say, you know what, I'll take that controversy. I'll take it if we, if we win. I think there's a lot of information out there um, that this was a problem within baseball. Um, Commissioner put out a warning in 2017. There was a couple teams fined. Um, Listen, uh, it's clear when you hear the guys talk that, you know, they were doing, you know, talking about what other teams did and this, that, and the other. I have no proof of any of that, and it's not my job to investigate that. Um, The commissioner assured me that, you know, every team and every allegation will be checked out, and he'll conduct the same investigation he conducted on us, and I'm focused on the Astros, and that's all I'm going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Alex Cora? Now over with the Red Sox, uh, was named in a bunch of these, so he could be facing something similar. So ugly, but, you know, the old adage in baseball, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And apparently they were trying really hard and really successfully. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Feel free to tweet us. A lot of stuff. More Oscar talk. Uh, who was snubbed? Who wasn't snubbed? The Royals. We're going to touch on them and their craziness. Uh, college football championship. Got LSU and Clemson going at it. It's the Bayou Bengals taking on the Clemson Tigers. Really, it's the Tigers versus Tigers, but we're having fun with that. It's the Chad Benson Show. It's Arizona's news station. Arizona's news station. KTAR News, 92.3 FM. We deal this. Mueller, arrest me. Chad will trade you two perjury charges for one collusion and throw in a reduced charge of obstruction for free. Yeah, I'd do that. For just listening to The Chad Benson Show. Yeah! A British journalist, ITV's Tom Bradby, who interviewed the couple on their African tour in October, telling ITV Harry and Meghan felt they were being driven out of the family. Did you think at that point that two months down the line, 
you know, at the turn of the year, Harry and Meghan will be announcing that they want, yeah. pretty much, that they want out. Yeah, I did think that. In that documentary, Harry revealing to Bradby how fractured his relationship with his brother William had become. Um, we're certainly on different paths at the moment. The Sunday Times claiming William spoke to a friend about how their relationship has crumbled. Yeah, they're having big issues, uh, for sure. It's different. And having lived there uh, for a while and, and, and seen a lot of how the royals, the way that they act, the things that go about, it's, it's a different world. It really is. First of all, Megan is Megan, right? She's her own woman. She came into this. She's not like Diana. Princess Diana was, for many people, you look at her princess, she was pretty much commoner. Right? Diana Spencer was kind of a commoner. Had the had the the lineage, but they didn't have any money or or, or the super cachet or, or you know that you think all the royals have. M- Meghan Markle's totally different. Like right? she was a star on a TV show. She's got kind of her own money. She had her own path. I think Harry and her they're as much into it uh, for love as they are for the status of it all. And I think the other thing is William and Harry, two different people always. William was always the one because he's the older one. He took it, you know, he was the leader kind of uh, of the way that things went in in the royal side of stuff. He was always going to be the king one day. Harry was never going to be the king. So let me tell you how it works for those of you guys who don't know in the British world. Prince Charles is the next in line, followed by Harry, followed by his son, George. I mean, followed followed by William, followed by his son, George. Harry's nowhere near. He's done. He's not going to be king unless something totally goes crazy wrong. So it's kind of weird. They've had this falling out. Prince William, it's very important, the royal side of stuff. Harry likes doing his own thing. And I think, too, one of the other big things is not, how should I say this? Not a fan of the royal side of stuff, especially after he saw what took place with his mom. And he really wants to protect Meghan in a lot of that stuff. And I think people are starting to realize that. Uh, plus, she's not she's not one of them. She comes from the different side of the tracks, if you will. The pond. She's a yank. She's a person of color. There's a lot of different things that go into this. For the couple, it's just about preserving their mental health, remaining happy, and being able to work in an environment that suits them best. Yeah, and I could see that for them. Now, she's already got a deal, I guess, that came pre-craziness with Disney, and they're looking out. Okay, so if we do this, we come over there, because here, just coming to America, I have news for you, the, the, the crush is going to be on still. So that's why they're in Canada. Uh, and will be for the foreseeable future, but eventually going to come here. And they're looking around going, okay, so what do we do if we have this amicable split at some point in time? How does this look for us? In terms of earning money, they'll be looking at the Obamas and how their life was for financial independence when they moved out of the White House through clever speaking engagements and maybe even a book. And that's how Harry and Meghan plan to make their money moving forward. Yeah, why not? And if don't look to the Obamas. Look to the Clintons. The Clintons did it right. I mean, remember what, remember what uh, you know, Hillary said? Man, she came out, right? They were broke. They owed a bunch of people money. Next thing you know, they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, at least their foundation is. They're worth several million dollars themselves. Life is good. Look in that direction. Look in that direction. They'll start a nonprofit. They'll start a couple foundations. It'll all be rolled into one. Life will be good. It will be. I think the big thing is, is and this, is, this isn't even so much about Harry, is Archie their son. How does he fit into this being a royal yet not feeling somewhat like, oh, grandma doesn't like me? Right. 
So I think there's a lot that goes into it. But I see the split. I understand why somebody would want to do it. I mean, come on now. 